It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Flow Track Podcast, recording this on Wednesday, January 5th. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. You can become a member. And also, Gordon, as of this morning, we are on Instagram at Flow Track Podcast. Dude, we're on Instagram? That's huge. Like, whoa. I never, like, that's a big deal. This is a big milestone for the podcast. You know, what we're on podcast number, what, 390 right now? Ish, 390, mm-hmm. 391. I don't even know what number we're on, but we're on Instagram. One post, yeah. two followers, following three. Let's go. Who are, who, who do they follow? Who are we following? Oh, it's following you, me, and Flowtrack. Look at that. It's been, it's been a big couple weeks for my follower count on Instagram. Grant, Holloway, and then now the podcast that I co-host. A great first clip there by Travis. It's a cool little reel there. 60 seconds, you and I talking about Centro and whether or not he can make the world championship team in 2022. So it's fun. Um, enjoy the clip. So people go out and follow. If you're on Instagram, just another way to engage with the show. Um, you Before we get into it, you sent me, do you want to follow up on this? Because you sent me an interesting graphic comparing Centro to Leo. I don't know if you have that handy and can send it to producer Colt. Is that available anywhere? I thought that was interesting. Yeah, hold on. Let me find um, – I, I got a lot of screenshots. Here we go. I'm going to send it to Travis, and then Travis will put it up. But here it is. Yeah, so I was trying to – I was, like, looking back. and like, when did Leo fall off the map, right? Because he was Mr. Consistent. He's basically was – just as consistent as what Centro is. And yeah. they both made – now, they're not always running in the same time of a world championship window, but they both finished yeah. top three at USA's for the first time at age 21. And then mm-hmm. both of them never not finished top three until age 31 when Leo finished fourth at the Olympics. At age 31, Centro finished second at the Olympic trials. Uh, Central finished second at the Olympic trials. But then after age 31, that's when Leo was basically done. He didn't make, you know, he, he gets fourth, then he gets heats, heats. Same mm-hmm. thing here. Central, he's on the same timeline. You could argue that yeah. we're, we're about to see it soon. For the odds of him being top three mm-hmm. at age 33 are not really, or 32, aren't as mm-hmm. normal. And again, he can easily do it. I could, looking back on my prediction that Central will make the world team this year, I could see maybe age 32 is his last hurrah because one, it's at home. Two, like 32 is still, it's not Mm -hmm. the same thing as 36. And hey, what's one more year, right? He also had like Mm -hmm. the mulligan year of COVID. So it's one less year of 
hard racing on your legs. So maybe that he can make up for that. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. They both made what Leo was top three 10 times in a row. Yeah. Centro has been top three eight times Nine. in a row because he skipped two. Obviously, one from COVID and one from uh, he didn't compete in 2018. Or 14. What there's year? nine there. Whatever there, you. There, yeah. There's nine there, I think. Yeah, there's nine. Oh, there. nine. What? One, two, three. Even without. Four, five, even without yeah, four, nine. Three. Sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's on a nine top three streak. Leo had a 10 top three streak. So that's mm -hmm. going for 10 to tie up Leo. Yeah. And to clarify, these are USA finishes and not all USA's led to world championships or Olympics, but it is just a signal. If you forgot out there how good. Leo Manzano was, here's a reminder right there. I mean, that is an impressive array of consistency. We talk about Jenny Simpson on the women's side all the time, going from 2007 all the way to 2019, making every single team. Well, Leo had a really great run there too. I don't want to just say their careers are going to be carbon copies of each other though. And uh, I stand by my point yesterday. I think, I think Central, looking at how well he ran last year i think he's got at least more uh one more run in him for a major championship team especially given that it's an opportunity to run it at hayward field so gonna be tough to medal but i think he can get on that team 23 might be tough but we're talking 22 for now i do have one more stat with regards to the men's 1500 you ready for this so i went sure. through the 2021 team, the 2019 team, and the 2017 team, the people who finished top three in those events on the men's and women's side. So it's a total of 18 qualifiers, right? Some of them mm -hmm. made it multiple times, but it was 18 unique athletes at their, whatever they did it. These were the ages of the people who finished top three in the 1500 at USA's in both the men's and women's side from the past three race past three championships these are the mm -hmm. ages cole hawker was the youngest he would he did it at age 20 but these are the ages 20 22 24 25 25 25 26 26 26 26 27 28 29 29 30 31 31 and 32 mm -hmm. jenny simpson was the oldest to do it she did it at age 32 back in 2019 centro yeah in june of 2020 2022 excuse me he'll be 32. so yeah basically he's on that edge of like you know, most of the people who are making teams their age is 24 to 29 right a lot of 26s yeah. 27s 28s so for central to make it at 32 he'll be definitely on the upper echelon of qualifying speaking of our bold predictions travis made a poll asking which bold prediction do you agree with the most the options were u.s women breaking the four by four world record no 400 meter hurdle world record will be broken shakari richardson won't run a personal best galen up wins marathon world championship and matt centrowitz won't qualify for worlds and the top vote getter with 43 percent richardson won't run a pb i don't know if we can do a geolocation on these votes are most of them coming from jamaica I can only <laughs> infer because, but here's what doesn't make sense. Then this, the, the second most, I guess, is really optimistic on the U.S. because it's saying, hey, 
they could break the four by four world record 23 percent third no formula hurdle world record be broken uh fourth central won't qualify for worlds and then my prediction rough winning marathon world championship only six percent there yeah so i mean shakari not pring doesn't mean she had a bad year when you really look at it like she can have a great year and just not pb so um that's why I specifically wrote won't PR. I didn't write won't qualify for worlds or won't do well or mm-hmm. miss that or the other thing. I was like, no, she's just she's just not gonna run as fast as she did this year. She went pretty fast. We kind of yeah overlook it because of how great the Jamaican athletes were, because they ran all time fast. But like if you take away like if we live in a simulation where all of a sudden Jamaica didn't exist, Shakari's season would be looked at as one of the the best of in the world you know so yeah but we do we don't live in that simulation jamaica does exist and they exist very uh literally (laughs) and figuratively and prop and they're fast because you just look at the results and it was jamaica 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 the entire year let me bring the screenshot up like look at this it was just all jamaica so the only person who was breaking it up was shakari before Thompson Hurrah and Fraser Price went on that run, well, it actually overlapped a bit because Fraser Price ran that 10 6. That was a signal of things to come. But early on the season, things were trending Richardson heavily. And there was talk oh, she's going to run 10 6. Or maybe she could run 10 5. Because you look at her times, she goes 11 0 to open, but then a 10 7 2. In Miramar, actually, that 11.0 and 10.72 were in the same meet, semis and then finals. Then she does another 10.7 at Mount Sac in the opening heats, then comes back with a 10.77 into a 1.2. So that's where we're getting the wind calculators out. And we're like, holy crap. Trials, I don't know if you remember this, the semis, she ran 10.64. It was wind aided plus 2.6, but there was a lot of talk before the final. Oh my gosh, could she equal that? So she ran some really fast marks last year. They just came in this short window and they came before the Olympics, obviously, and she was suspended and then coming back was was difficult. So 10.72, although it's her PB, I don't think that's indicative of her true ability, which is why I'm going the other direction than you on this. My my buddy, Jason, who I co-host House of Run with, he had a different bold prediction than you, but same event. He said, Elaine Thompson, hurrah won't be the world leader in the 100 or the 200 in 2022. Again, to your point, she could have a great season, but he's just thinking she's not going to be the world leader. Someone else is going to run quicker than her. A lot of different directions the women's 100 can take. I'm excited about it. Yeah. So for today's episode, I came up with the topic. Were you proud of me? I, I Normally, you're the one writing down the run of show yeah. on our sheet. Uh-huh. But I went in there before you even were there. I went in there yesterday. I think mm-hmm. we should talk a little bit about things that happened. Because we took like a two-week break from doing pods. Uh, so there was some news that kind of happened that we kind of just didn't react to or comment on. And I thought we should kind of hit some of those those bigger news items that happened over the over the holidays when we weren't really doing a regular pod. Obviously, Monday yeah. we did a, a bold prediction pod, but now we should kind of get back to doing some some just basic news reaction. 
You like that idea? Yeah. No, I mean, it's not a great idea, but I went into the Google Doc <laughs> and I respect the rundown. Like last night, I, I was about to go in to do it. It was about 10 o'clock at night and I had an idea for a show. And then I went in there and you had improperly formatted a bunch of stuff. So I guess that's what we got to roll with. And I, what I was going to do, you want to know what I wanted to do for the show? Yeah, I kind of do actually. Okay. So this is because I we've never done this before. I've never done this on any podcast before. And I thought it'd be fun in the spirit of the beginning of the year. I wanted to forecast a bunch of things for 2022, not bold predictions, but just be like, hey, who's going to be the athlete? of the year for the men who's gonna be the athlete of the year for the women like when will the first world record be broken just fun stuff like that is what i wanted to do maybe we could do that friday maybe we could do that next week yeah why don't we just do that friday okay we'll i need friday, and now i can happens. think about it because friday will just preview usa usa cross and then we can do that yeah my usa cross preview is really detailed by the way oh just yeah notes so much notes on us cross yeah uh, okay uh first news item Let's see. Uh, Emily Enfeld left the Bowerman Track Club. Made a post on Instagram about it. Your reaction, Gordon? Uh, I mean, kind of makes sense. I mean, you see a lot of these Bowerman athletes who are in the older side of their career. They all are kind of slowly but surely moving on to um, a different time in their – what's it, not – a different stage of their phase. athletic career phase phase that's the word a different phase um kind of makes sense uh she's been through a lot that she had the whole stalking situation espn wrote up a profile about it so she's kind of been through obviously she's been through countless injuries um she's had she's the ultimate highs and lows of a career right so um mm -hmm. i think looking at how she did at you know, the trials, it seemed kind of very, she wasn't she was the Emily Enfeld of 2017 and 15 that we, that we knew that it might've been a time for a change and we'll see what she can do. It's going to, she's on the older side. She's on the, not wrong side, but she's in her thirties now. And typically people, athletes aren't really making teams in their thirties on the track. So maybe this could be a sign that she'll want to experiment with roads the way Jenny Simpson's potentially experimenting with roads. I don't know. Mm -hmm. She still is probably going to believe in her track ability. I mean, she did PB in the 5K recently, so there's still that, yeah. that spark there. But um, if this is the end of her peak, you can look back at her career and be like, hey, that's, you know, 99 out of 100 people would want that as a career. So um, pretty impressive. I mean, we all remember 2015 where she uh, surprised Molly Huddle at the line and got her medal. So was it 2015? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or medal. And, yeah. and look, it's incredibly hard to get a medal at a World Championships or Olympics. Just look at this year. Look at how hard... 15 women's 15 women's five women's 10 how difficult it was to medal in those events look at the names that occupied the podium so yeah she her career has been fantastic up to this point you mentioned a lot of injuries um also as a side note she's just one of the nicest people in track and field that i've ever come across and this seems to be i mean bowerman seems to be shifting a bit here this is all from the outside I have no inside information on this but with her I mean, Quigley, 
Kate Grace, Gwen Jorgensen, Mariel Hall. I know that they've brought three people in, but they're shorter distance athletes, like 1500 type folks. And a lot of the people who have left with the exception of Grace are more five and 10 and maybe beyond that in terms of distance. Um, so I'm interested to see what direction the group goes, if this is indicative of anything, um, any sort of focus for the group. But yeah, people change change groups for a lot of different reasons. Contracts eventually come to an end and people wanna pursue other uh, events. Maybe they just wanna mix things up towards the end of their career. Um, this made me think though, the Pete Julian group, which I need to call now the Union Athletics Club, is that right? It's either that or it's the Athletics Union Club. <laughs> or the Club of Athlet or Club Union Athletics. So they have, they restocked and they have Osika, Ella Donahue, Sinclair Johnson, and someone who came from Bowerman. I'm just, I'm talking about in the US side. They obviously have uh, Jessica Hall, and then I'm talking about the women here. And then they also have Alexa Ephraimson. I mean, they have a lot of like, and they, they seem to be very focused 1500. I'm sure some of those women will one run the five, maybe some will even run the 800, but we've always talked about that, that, you know, who's better between these two groups. And for a while there, it wasn't much of a contest just because the sheer numbers that one group had versus the other, but things are perhaps evening out a little bit or even tipping in the other direction. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if I look at Pete Julian's group, I look at if we're looking on just some, on the American side. Yeah, they only really have two sure things. I might be wrong, but I think Donovan and Raven are the only two sure things, right? Can you think of another sure thing? Sure thing is like you're 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 making a team in your sleeve. Yeah, that's I, okay. I, on I Bowerman's side. Armand side, they probably had three or three to four sure things. Yeah, on the Grant, on the U.S. side, yeah, Grant, Woody, um, Frerichs. Frerichs, and then no, maybe, maybe even more Schweizer, Cranny, and then even no Jager. I wouldn't. Jager's not a sure thing anymore. Jager's well, uh, well, they. I'm sure. just talking about the women. I'm talking about the women because this is the. I'm okay. looking at the roster. Look at the roster right now. This is this these are the women, and it's specifically mid distance U.S. So they have Elise Craney, they have Frazier, they have Frerichs, Houlihan is still listed in the roster. Uh, Schweizer, Stafford. Um, well, wait, but she's not from the U.S. And, and that's it for U.S. women. Yeah, so, I know. I just think who's still. Who, I th Who's the best 1500? Like, they're probably not going to have a U.S. woman in the 1500 meter final. Yeah, but they'll have two in the five and two in the 10. Yeah. I, it's just team. a shift. We yeah. were, we spent all those years being like, hey, they can qualify two people in every single distance event. Yeah. yeah How yeah. many people? No. What's the over under yeah. for Bowerman Track Club women that are on? And then when you lose quickly, you lose a steepler as well, too, which was, you could pencil that, not even pencil, and you could write it in permanent ink that it was going to be her and Frerichs on the team for a couple of years there along with Coburn. So I just, I thought it was interesting. Here's a question. The, the shifts. Who is the most recent Bowerman expat? So we call it expat. What are the Bowerman person who left Bowerman who then went on to make a team? 
good question. I don't think there is someone. If you know the answer, if you're in a chat you and you know, me. let us know. But can you think of anyone that has left Bowerman and then made a team? Got to be somebody, right? They have a lot of people sticking around for a lot of years. Yeah. Which is what makes the last couple of years surprising. And maybe part of that is because with the Olympics getting postponed, contracts got juggled all around and got confusing. But I'm sh- I'm sure there's somebody out there. So you're talking about U.S. team, correct? Yes, U.S. team. Has any American trained for Bowerman, left, then made a U.S. team? Well, now more than ever, they have a lot of candidates for that. Yeah. They have I mean, a lot Kate of Grace was leaving. the closest one to do it, but she she had like an all-time yeah. year, but she didn't make the team. So, Well, but, I'm just thinking about people who, people who left. You know, Ryan Hill left. Grace left. And then, and then Quigley. I'm not, I'm not thinking of anybody in pri- – I'm not thinking of too many other people in prior years, but the historians out there can correct me. Maybe Andy – oh, Andy Bayer. Was, An- was Andy Bayer mm. – he, he, he was on Bowerman, right? Yeah. Yeah. He made a team so, after leaving. He's the only one I can think it, of. Yeah, Andy Bayer. Made, he made it in 19, 19, right? Yeah. He made a team after okay. leaving. That's the one guy. Andy Bear. It's hard to keep his career go. straight because there was so many. He got close so many times, and then he got on a couple times as well too. Yeah. So nineteen, he made it, and I. Yeah. yeah I don't think he was with Bowerman anymore. That's a fun fact. Right. That's gonna be a Jeopardy question. This Only one athlete has field. ever made a world team post being trained by Jerry Schumacher. Who is that athlete? Ding ding ding. What is Andy Bear? Who is we th- we th- we, th- we believe that's the only one. It may not. Um, okay, we'll stick with that. We'll stick with that. Because uh, yeah, I think he went back to training in Indiana. Yeah. Oh, you know, like, I think this is right. Yeah, because twenty eighteen. No, it might have actually been twenty nineteen. Twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen Big Ten outdoor championships were in Bloomington, and Fenton and I saw him there. Yeah. No, it's it's right. So. I mean, it's, it was Andy Bear. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know, but there's not. There could be another one though, too. We're not thinking of. Or do you? Did you ask the question knowing that there's only one person in history who's done this? Well, I just think that's an Jerry, interesting stat. I think that's an interesting stat. It means something. Jerry, if you're listening, uh, let us know. Let us know the answer. That's a good. It's a good pitch to keep your athletes staying with you. Hey, just so you yeah. know, unless you're Andy Bayer, you're probably not gonna make a team. Mm-hmm. Stay with me. I am Andy Bear. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Let's see. What else do we got here? Um, Ali Ostrander is no longer with the Brooks Beasts. She posted a message on Instagram. She said, I've decided to end my contract with Brooks Running and leave the Brooks Beast. This was an incredibly difficult decision because my passion for running and competition is as strong as ever. However, the string of injuries that I experienced throughout the last year and a half has made it evident that my body cannot currently handle the volume and intensity of training that is, necess- that is necessary to be a professional runner. Um, she mentions that it was heartbreaking for her to come to this decision. Said she's sad to leave Brooks. Wish I could have done more to represent the brand when I was on the Beast. Incredibly appreciative. I uh, hope that my openness with struggles 
can shed light on how honest and respectable a company Brooks is. And she, uh, she said they helped me pursue treatment and continue to support me when injuries settled me for most of 18 months. It was ultimately my idea to step away from the team and I didn't feel forced in this decision. Yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts on this one? It was, you know, she made the team in 19, 2019, not too, not too long ago, but yeah, injuries and, and when, have been tough. When you look at her 2021 season, she only ran twice, but she ran a 15, 18, 5k, which is respectable. It's not with the way the 5k is now, you know, people are running much faster, but 926 3k steeple, you know, breaking 930 in the steeple still right now is, you know, you're a top six, top eight type athlete in the U.S. And she just turned 25. So she did this at age 24. So she still had um, the potential ahead of her. And mm -hmm. even with all that potential ahead of her, she recognized it wasn't worth it for her own health, which I think is mm -hmm. a noble thing, right? To to step away yeah. from something that feels so tangible in front of you. Like, look, I'm, I'm fit. I, I can do these things. I made a team. I'm young. I have, I could do crazy things and make more world teams and live the awesome pro runner lifestyle um, mm -hmm. that you've always dreamed of when you were a high school kid. Right. But she was able to take the, uh, the courageous step and recognize like, that's not the most important thing in life. Your own body is more important than than personal, you know, physical achievements and awards and medals and all that stuff. So um, to like give up on that, not give up on it, but to like focus away from that and focus on something that's more important, which is your long-term health. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's what a, that's what winning is, you know? So mm -hmm. uh, it's like, and she says, this is, yeah. this isn't me retiring from professional running. It's me taking a step back over the summer. She posted a, a video on YouTube. It was called the truth about eating disorder recovery. And she talked about how, you know, she was, uh, you know, going to be in treatment and really kind of gave her, you know, a, a bunch of information opened up and told her backstory there as well. So yeah, wish all the best for her. She's been part of American running for a long time, going back to her freshman year of college, maybe even before that, right? Like some people who are following the high school side of things, you know, knew about her all the way back going to her high school days. So she's been, she's been a big figure for a very long time in the sport. So Hopefully she finds her way back in, in the capacity that brings her the most happiness and health and, um, yeah, reached incredible highs in the sport as well, too. Yeah. From Alaska as well. You know, mountain her. running. Mountain running. She put mountain running on the map for that one mm -hmm. moment. It was fun to watch her. You know, maybe she'll, uh, when she gets back into it, she'll maybe f fall back in love with that aspect of running. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah. Again, she just turned 25, so this isn't yeah. an obituary. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's just her recognizing what's important, mm -hmm. and her important, most important thing is health. Um, and if you have that, get, no one can take that away from you. So mm -hmm. anyway. Other I news mean, items we wanted to touch on. Um, well, if we're on the same topic, um, NA, you want to talk about NAZ Elite, uh, some athletes? leaving there a yeah, lot of so this stuff these... with 
with athletes leaving, I mean, everybody has individual cases, but a lot of it is um, contract stuff. Contracts, yeah. I don't think the alley was trying to think it was contract, though. No, no, no. I'm not saying I'm, I'm yeah, transitioning. Yeah. yeah, I'm transitioning to okay. NXT yeah. Elite and, yeah. and going back to Bowerman. That was awkwardly timed, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can just ruse over this and then we'll get to a couple other things. Roy Linkletter and Scott Fobble both have left NAZ Elite. Um, and, and Scott Smith, I believe, retired. So mm-hmm. it was kind of awkward to see like a bunch of uh, the core that you could say of NAZ Elite all leaving, on the men's side at least, leaving at the same time. People were kind of wondering what was going on. Um, ben Rosario made a post, the head coach of NAZ Elite, uh, kind of reacting to the change. And uh, he basically, you know, it's just part of life is basically what he got to. It's like, hey, sometimes like people who you enjoy working with decide to quit a job and go over to a different job. It's just part, not everyone is destined to be in the same like partnership forever. And sometimes people just want change and change needs to happen. And it may feel awkward in the moment, but then the day you'll be able to move on and, and uh, look back on it as uh, a great experience together. That's basically the, um, you read his post. Don't take my words for it. Something yeah, like that. Isn't that being, kind of vain? You're being, you're but, being very glowing today. It's interesting. You're, uh, no, I, but look at, I think it's, I'm interested okay, in the but, other side of like where they're going, which is interesting to me too. Roy Linklater is going to be coached by Ryan Hall, who's quietly accumulating a, several runners now i saw on instagram ben blankenship was doing a run with sarah hall and ryan hall was behind the bike so he's getting at least some training from ryan hall and then scott fobble's going to joe bossard who has just a pretty big size group now with all sorts of distances being covered all sorts of athletes from around the world so it's just interesting to see the ebbs and flows of rosters and which coaches are adding athletes which coaches are losing athletes it's just interesting like if you had told me 10 years ago first of all ryan hall was gonna be like a power lifter who's like coaching i i wouldn't believe either of those two statements he just he didn't seem like someone who'd be into the coaching side of things but he's out there on his bike holding the watch cool to see yeah it'll be it'll be interesting how joe bossard does as a Marathon coach, we know he can coach, you know, the 3K, 5K distance well, even the mile. Question is, does, I mean, has Joe, Joe's never run a marathon. I guess if you're Joe Bossard and you, you've, you've over this time created this massive group of great talent headlined by Emma Coburn and the Coburn training philosophy or what she does has been able to be replicated well with certain other athletes in the, the track world, the 15 to 10 K world. And then you get Scott Fobble coming in. Like, do you just be like, Hey Scott, uh, how many miles? Like how, what, what's the first like workout you plan for a marathoner? If you never trained a marathoner. I mean, he coached Thweet for a bit. I know she's not there anymore, but Laura Thweet okay. ran 
I think at least one marathon when she was being coached by him, maybe more. Don't you agree though, at this level, it's less about the workouts because everybody knows more or less the what workouts works. and yeah. and more about putting them in a mindset. And that's why the change is good sometimes because it puts you in a different mindset. And if you have belief in that person that what they're saying is going to get you to the next level or get you another PR or get you on another team, then you can do it. And I think a lot of this is just belief. I mean, you saw when Rupp goes to Mike Smith. Yeah. I think a lot of that was just, hey, be a sounding board, but also, hey, can you just, can you put me in that right frame of mind that I need to be in to succeed? And the other yeah, part that's is, point. that's a good point. And I don't know how much train, I think he's still going to stay in Flagstaff, right? In Bosch Hards groups in Boulder. I think the other part of it is the environment of the group. If you're physically there training with them every single day, but if you're not, that's obviously not as relevant, but just being around a, a, a different group of people could bring about it. A nice change as well, too. Yeah. No, makes sense. Especially when you, most athletes, I guess, when they switch later on in their career, they've done so many workouts. They know what makes their body tick the right way, which way it makes their body tick the wrong way. At the end yeah. of the day, running is just running. Like this really, that's why I think it's always yeah. interesting. Whenever like coaches feel the need to keep like workouts secret, like yeah, whenever I'm just like, when, especially a college coach and they're like no we can't let people see what we do oh you can't let them see that you do mile repeats okay yeah because you know if the rival coach sees you guys doing mile repeats they're totally going to beat you guys it's so stupid yeah, yeah. like there are no yeah. plays in track and field like right if yeah. if nick saban can let espn film a documentary of their football team and they mm -hmm. still win year in and year out i think you can show the world one of your workouts. Just just a hunch. And you've seen a lot of them, so you know yeah. firsthand. I mean, you've seen the ones that are safe to be filmed. Maybe they're doing oh, the yeah, secret yeah. one. They're doing the secret ones you're not there. I do think, just to go back to this point a little bit, looking at the new generation of coaches, the new names over the last couple of years. So you have Shalane Flanagan, who's at Bowerman coaching, Ryan Hall, who's coaching, Nathan Ritzenhein. And Joe Boshard. It's just interesting to me on the distance side. And Amy Craig. And Alistair Craig. Right. Yeah. Over there it's at just, Puma. There's, there's a generational shift going on right now. I mean, Jerry's still there, obviously. And Ben Rosario is still there. And I'm sure I miss it. Pete Julian is, is still there. But it's just interesting to be seeing people that we saw compete not too long ago already transition into coaching. What I'm saying is world. That's what I'm saying. Yes. So, it's fun <laughs> to be reminded of that. Okay. What else do we got here? Uh, world record on the roads. Gordon, you know how you know how much fun those road 5K records are. Sometimes they get ratified. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they start from scratch. Sometimes they don't. But these ones, as of right now, well, they're the provisional records. We could say that. In Barcelona at the Cursa del Nasos 10K and 5K. Uh, Burhanu Aragawi, we saw him on the Ethiopian team last year in Tokyo. He had 12.49 to break the record provisionally, and Ejigayute ran 14.18. 
Both won by massive margins. Aragawi ran by one by forty-one seconds. Tay won by um geez, almost a minute. <laughs> no competition. Um so these will last I don't know. These ones will last more I mean, assuming they get certified. These ones will last longer. Remember a couple years ago they reset the five K records, so then nothing that happened they made it at official distance. So if you ran at midnight on January 1st, like 2020, you could have run a 1715 and gotten the world record. But now we have some quote unquote real ones. And they did it in the dark. You see the video of this? Yeah. New, New Year's Eve, man. I love the New Year's Eve running. Nick Willis is doing the whole thing, trying to break four in the mile at, at the midnight. Here, you breaking world records, stopping your watch after you run 1249. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, cool. Hand, hand clap, hug. Hey, guys, I ran 1249. No big deal. Um, yeah, the question is, will will it be approved? And I transitioned this, will it be approved? Because apparently just people just running out there, running fast and it's not being approved. Uh, Dave Monte tweeted out a screenshot of multiple records that are going to be either rejected or unratifiable seven. And some of them are with people that were like, wait, wait, what does it make any sense? So the U20 women's indoor record from a thing Mo, 50-52, not going to count. Two women in in the women's 5K, a 14-41, 14-39. I'm not sure what that is connected to because someone just ran 14-18. We can skip over that. But Christine Mboma, who ran at the freaking Olympics, is not going to count. Um, Christine Mboma, who ran at the Diamond League final, is not going to count. So I just want to kind of focus on a course found short, whatever, that, that's fine. But the main thing I want to talk about here is how the hell is Christine Mboma running at the Olympics in a Diamond League final have yeah, no doping weird. control? That's strange. That's strange because the thing Mo. Think we've been down that road before where it's a college meet and there's no drug testing set up because that one was February 6th. So that wasn't NCAAs. Now I hope NCAAs has it because we, as has been proven numerous times, records can be broken. But for random college meet, I'm not going to get too upset that they didn't plan on a record being broken then. I have no idea why there'd be no doping. It literally says no doping control for Emboma in Tokyo and then no doping control in Zurich. So Dave Monty responded to someone, how the hell is there no doping control at the Olympics? And he said it was because these marks weren't done in the final and that in the prelims, they're not expecting records, so they don't have doping control after prelims. You only get tested for doping after finals, okay, but, which makes no okay, sense but, as well. But you have the people there to do it. You see the record happen. There's probably yeah, a final in some other event that day. Just be like, hey, you over there, go test that person. They just broke a record. We don't want to have this thing get confusing. Let's go test. We're all here. It's the Olympics. There should be the most drug testers. That should be the drug testing convention. 
should be at the Olympics. <laughs> drug you testing should see con. those. Should be like Comic Con, yeah. but for drug testers. Yeah, the little orange coats. You should see DCO everywhere at the Olympics. And the 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 lead drug tester should be Oprah Winfrey, and she just says, "You get a test. You get a test. You get a test." Just the fact that walking through the oh, village it's not a final, just, we're not going to test you. It's so stupid. Well, once the record gets, I get it. If you're not going to do it for any old race, but you watch the race and you see if a record gets broken. Did they just assume she was going to run faster in the final? No, I don't know. They're just, I think it was lack of attention to detail. I think they're like, yeah. maybe they weren't even paying attention to the race. You can see these 200s sometimes in the prelims. Yeah. You're like, they go All by right, real fast. Next. They go by fast. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, next event, your focus. My job here is to prepare for the men's 15 final. I got all my papers ready to go. Meanwhile, the 200's happening. You're not really looking at it. And like they walk through the mix zone. They go, they leave. Oh, wait, they ran that? Oh, they're gone. Oh, oops, sorry. So you could stupidly have a little bit of an excuse on that, but it's a bullshit excuse, so I don't buy it. But then where's the excuse for not having it? The Diamond League final. Well, but hold on, hold on. What's going on here? Because... She ran faster in the final, in the 200. So what is, so that record wouldn't have even been, that record would have lasted less than 24 hours anyway. Okay, but the, the but like the times aren't gonna count, I guess. I don't know how that works. Like they get strict from the record books, those marks. <sighs> Also, well, it's kind of weird that we only ratify the top time. That's kind of weird. Like, if you run the second fastest time ever in the world, you don't need to prove whether or not it's real or not. It's just weird. Gordon's, Gordon's having an existential crisis here on a Wednesday. Yeah, I just... Okay, so this is a little bit like the half marathon stuff where the some of that stuff didn't get ratified and then Latin Sebeke Day blew them all out of the water. So it's just like, all right, just get hers ratified then. Just Can you just do that one? Because that one seems like it's going to stick around for a while. So you didn't get Mboma's semi. You get a, a second shot here. I'm looking it up right now. She ran 21.97 in the semi. Then she ran 21.81 wind legal. So hopefully they got a sample there. I looked. She's, this is a U20 record. So I was like, oh, did she... Was her birthday that day or something? So that's not a U20 record. It's not 18 years old. She's got plenty of time. So I don't know. I don't get it. The Zurich thing, the Zurich thing is weird. Yeah. Because then, then she goes even faster. So the record, is the record now going to be the 2181 from the final in Tokyo? And the time that came before it and the time that came after it are both going to be nullified? Is that what we're led to believe here? You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking the doping control was there. But they didn't. Maybe no doping control doesn't mean that. Doesn't mean doping control wasn't there. I think it means no doping control talked to her. Right. Race. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I know that. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah, they yeah. weren't there at all. I'm just saying. Okay. I think it's because it's a U20 record. 
I think the doping people to control people don't right. have right. they're not Statman John where they know every percent record of every age group from now to the time of history. So I think they were like yeah, but someone's they didn't know it was a U twenty record. But some of those people don't know any records. It's someone's job to inform them of the records. Yeah, but U twenty records are like these weird like is it a real record? It's like, you know It's it is. And they need someone is in charge of that. There's there's doping control officers that don't know the hundred meter world record. Because their job is to collect samples from athletes all over the world. They're not track experts. Some of them might like track, sure. incidentally. But there's someone someone's job is if it's a record, you need to check off all the boxes to make sure the record gets ratified. And there's a series of things that they need to go through. And one of them is get a drug sample. It's not as if they run the race and then get on the team bus and then go back to state college. They're there for a long time. They're doing media, right? They travel to the meat hotel. They're, like, there's plenty of opportunities to get a sample. I think you're right in that they just, someone dropped the ball, but it's someone's job to inform them of the record. Kevin. Yo. Conspiracy theory time? Ready to put on my, my conspiracy theory hat? Okay, go ahead. Did they purposely not test her? Well, they did it twice. Because of the whole <laughs> DSD situation. Mm -hmm. And they are thinking, hey, we don't want her on the books because we're upset that she's running the 200. We try to get her out of the sport in the four. Now she's in the two, breaking records. We don't want her records on our books so like a little subtle oh oops we forgot to test you sorry doesn't count mm -hmm. it's like a well they you know uh, they had to test her in the final so it became irrelevant regardless and there's seven other people on this list so this is not a new thing although at the olympics is a is a diamond league final is a new one for me it's pretty wild pretty wild um i, I think it's i think i think they're trying to shadow ban her from the the world lists that's what i'm going with but it didn't work Mark zuckerberg's she, involved she, it's a whole thing it's a whole she it's a whole operation you got, your, you got your cork board with all your post-its yes on it i think well obviously it didn't work just as moving her to a different event didn't really work um all right we have some emails here i wanted to read are, is there any other news stories you want to get on no, no, that's it. Um, goal to dunk. This is from John. Would suggest reading this book if this really is your goal for the year. And there's a book, a book? called Year of the Dunk. It's called Year of the Dunk. And it says A Modest Defiance of Gravity. So I know you're not a big book guy, but I think you should read this. This might help you. I did start Googling how to... Oh, it's just like a book about how to dunk. Is that what this is? I'm going to buy this I book. I think, I think, well, yeah, you should buy it. I think it's the history of dunking, but I think the author tries to dunk too. I think that's part of it. Yeah. So I, yeah, I found like a, like an old article on like, I forget on the Atlantic or the cut or something about they're interviewing a guy who made it a goal to dunk by the end of the year. And he basically said he had to train like a sprinter and he was constantly referencing like sprinters as like, Hey, okay. this is so basically I need to train like a sprinter is what I'm, 
getting at. So you did it at age 34. Says, Whoa. By embarking yeah. on a quest to dunk a basketball at age 34. I am 34 and I'm on a quest to dunk a basketball. I am totally buying this book. Thank you. Whoever sent this in. Who sent this in? John. John. Thank you, John. I will buy this book. When's the last time you read a book? <laughs> Be honest. I, the last book I read, I've only read one book in the past like decade. Uh, it was the Nick Foles autobiography after he won the <laughs> Super Bowl. It's a good book. A lot of good books out there. You got to read one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another email. Subject line, Gordon needs help. Now, this was prior to the dunking episode. Kevin, please correct Gordon when he mispronounces names. <laughs> he does, he does it often. Bad. Uh, he said it's Roisin Willis, which you called her, I think, I guess, Razine Willis. Uh, she's been famous in the track and field world for a couple of years. He's clearly very knowledgeable about cross country and track and field, but he sounds dopey when he mangles names. <laughs> Look, here's the thing with Gordon. Let me tell you guys, if people don't know. Don't interpret him mispronouncing the name for not knowing who the athlete is. There's a good chance Gordon cannot pronounce my last name. It's just it's just something that happens in between when he sees the name and when he says it out loud. So yeah, some of the some of the pronunciations yeah, I mean, are bad, but there's something else going on there, I think. I mean, I did just admit I've only read one book in the past decade. <laughs> he can pronounce so I think that I think that's connected in a way to my lack of being able to inter interpret interpret consonants and vowels and the orders I before E except for after C and all that stuff. So Yeah. Well, and some people you tell them once and like, hey, this is how you say the name and, and this is how you did it. So can you correct it? And then boom, you lock it in forever. You're, Gordon's not that person. It's like a constant, needs to be like a constant reminder of how to pronounce the name. So I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I'm also, it's tough though. I don't want to like interrupt him if he's making a point and everybody knows who he's talking about and it's not done out of malice, then I'm going to let him finish this. I, re I remember year one or two at Flow. I was at, I think Mount Sac. Or some, I was at some meet. Maybe I was in Portland. I don't know. But a certain very famous athlete who I definitely knew who this, who she was. I knew her credentials. I knew her name, but for some godforsaken reason, I forgot how to say her last name. And her last name is very simple. It's a very simple last name. And I'm kind of scared to say it because I'm not sure how to say it still to this day. I will. Tell you who the athlete is. Alicia. Alicia it's it Alicia or Alicia? Montano or Montan is it, did I say that right? Alicia Montano? Okay, yeah, I, I mean it Alicia Montano is how I say okay, it. Okay, Alicia Montano. So the Montano, I for some reason when I was reading it, I thought there was like another A and another N, like the way you read banana. Yeah. And I was like doing a banana nana type thing. So I was like, Montaniana, I, it was bad. Oh no. And basically oh, no. by the time she got to like the 400 meter mark, I'm like, I need to stop this. Cause I am saying, I just need to be like top yeah. seed in the lead. <laughs> it was bad. That's one well, of my most notable. I can't say words. My, my favorite one of yours was there was a, a, well, we only had one race with this guy in it. 
I think, where you did this, but you put an L in Jakob Ingebrigtsen's last name. And Henrik. It was Peyton Jordan that year. I think yeah, I've... Henrik and Jakob run, and you turned them into Ingebrigtsen. And I was like, yo, I was texting you, I think. No L. There's no L. I don't think I was saying the L. I think you guys were hearing an L, but I wasn't saying it. I think no, the listeners were definitely... the problem, and I was – okay. Not the problem. <laughs> go back and find. Go back and find. I think it's the Peyton Jordan where. Yeah, no, I remember, I remember Ingle, Inga. Yeah. yeah, and I. Yeah. It just got stuck in your head. It got stuck in your yeah. head. It's really. It bad. It's really hard. Yeah. You ran well. That There's was some... one of his breakout. Like when he won oh, that yeah, race. A... We were shocked. Like... I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was only like three thirty nine or three forty or whatever, but he like beat all the best pro Americans, and we're like, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. This yeah. guy's. Legit. This isn't just like a phenom. I break age records anymore. Like he's like, no, this yeah. guy's gonna be real. So well, you'll be back on the mic again for Penn, probably. And if if you I'll screw that up with me, I'm gonna be. We had someone write in uh, on the other podcast about your and Lincoln's call for of the Cheserek Penn relay four by mile thing with Jordy oh, Williams yeah. and said it was the greatest call of all time. So I need to re-listen to that again. All I remember was just was like fun. Lincoln was just. Lincoln was just pissed, but that was like early commentator Lincoln, where he was like screaming a lot, like he was trying to do the thing that the people uh, who come here do in the beginning to scream. But he was just so upset, and then I think you were upset too. But you tried to kind of shape it more positive, and then you got excited, obviously, because it didn't. It was crazy because it didn't work. Chez had this big gamble, and then it didn't work, and then there's this big upset. So it ended in like this exciting way, but it was just such a farce of a race. Um, I need to go that was back fun. and watch that. Was it well, the great fifteen. You're talking about the four by mile. Yeah, fifteen. Right. He started yeah. walking, and then everybody else started walking, and then Lincoln yeah. was just beside himself. It was great. The crazy thing about that race. Do you know what the clock time on the clock was when they got the baton? Oh, it was under twelve. They were on. It was like to... it was like it was like eleven fifty nine to twelve o two, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they all that that entire field probably would have all broken sixteen. Which have been wild, right? Imagine like third place running fifteen fifty nine, and we're like, "Oh my goodness, whoa, we never yeah. seen this." But then, you know, at the end of the day, we still got a memorable race out of it. I think if they would have ran fast, it would have been memorable. But them also walking on the track for eight hundred meters was also pretty memorable. Yeah, I thought it was terrible, um, but I thought the call was great. There you go. The call was great. I'm going to buy this book. So. I'm excited about this. Jordan buying a book. All right. Uh, we'll leave it there. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Friday show as of now. We'll preview cross, but we'll also do whole year of predictions. We'll try to forecast who's going to be the World Athletics Athlete of the Year, who's going to break the first world record. Maybe we'll predict a couple teams for USAs as well, too. So we'll pick six or seven categories and try to predict what's going to happen because bold predictions you kind of get let off the hook because you put oh i said it was bold so low chance of happening these are more straight up can you get it right or are you going to be embarrassed in december when we talk about it again thanks to colt thanks to travis thanks to my co-host gordon who's going to read a book this is exciting we'll talk to you guys on friday